two years I was an instructor at a uh, parkour and free running facility on, in the East Coast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can were you a do parkour like, instructor? Yeah. Do you yeah. do like all the flips and all that? Like jumping off buildings, rooftops, and all that stuff? When I was younger. <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. There's a lot of conditioning that I need to do before I start doing that again. So I'm just curious, is it, is it actually required to yell parkour while you do parkour? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> it's, it's definitely frowned upon in the community. Okay. You're listening to Inside Scoop'em, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company. My name is Josh Lucas, and today Brad Schmidt and I are headed west to our Denver office to sit down with fellow Scoop'emite and software engineer Eugene Skinner. Eugene's path to Skookum started in a pretty unconventional manner, and his interests had allowed him a variety of experiences from walk-on football player at the University of Maryland to underground techno and house DJ in the Denver music scene. There's a lot of layers to Eugene, and I think you're going to enjoy getting to hear all about him. So with that, let's get to know Eugene Skinner. We are sitting down with Eugene out here in Colorado. Eugene, for the folks who don't know you, what do you do here at Skookum? I'm one of the software engineers out here in Denver, primarily working with backend Java Spring. How did you get into this world? Oh, that's a very long story. (laughs) Uh, It was kind of a left turn from uh, my major in college. Back at the University of Maryland, I was a uh, pre-vet major. Pre-vet? No kidding. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I expected to do with my life for the longest time. You know, I'd been working at a vet clinic for the last six, seven years of my life beforehand. Going into to tech wasn't something that I foresaw. I always knew that I had a knack for it. I'd taken several different coding classes beforehand in like high school and, and college, but never saw myself in like the tech industry. So did you complete the pre-vet degree at, at Maryland? Uh, finished a pre-vet degree at Maryland. Um, and are you, I'm guessing then you're, you're an animal lover, animal lover. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> love, love animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would yeah. hope so. Yeah. Anyone going into, <laughs> if you hate animals and then you decide to be a vet, yeah. then it's, there's probably a, it's an issue that yeah. we need to work. Yeah. yeah. So oh. do you have any, do you have any pets? Uh, so I have, I have a dog, a yeah. lab beagle mix, uh, 13 year old. How did the shift take place? Like, how did you shift from pre-vet to tech? Uh, so the the student loan crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with vet school, it's a little bit more difficult, or quite a bit more difficult to get into than med school. So really, really, really like no there's way. there's less vets or less vet schools than med schools, and it's uh, like a supply and demand type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a whole bunch of people who are applying to this uh, and, and trying to work in this industry. And then on top of that, any student that goes through it, typically you're going to specialize. So that's five years, if not six or seven years, that you're back in school paying a lot more than what undergrad was. And if you don't get a grant or any type of like scholarships, you're heavily in debt. And then when you come out of school, depending upon what your first position is, you might be making maybe 60000 depending upon what practice you decide to specialize in yeah but you're making um, so sixty thousand with a boatload of debt. with yeah. a lot of debt wow and so that's that's like if you go into companion animal or companion animal uh care like typically it's a little little bit less and i didn't really want to work in, in any part of like the industry that works with animals that are going to slaughter <laughs> yeah so you go from so you're you're going for it to be a vet and you end up pivoting what was the first foot in the door it's actually funny uh 
Paul, another employee here, uh, we really good friends back into college and I was actually living up at his place, working at one of his, uh, his mother's business, uh, for a while after, after school, we just happened to meet a close friend's uncle who, you know, is a pretty smart guy. He's sold a couple companies off to, to Google. So when he speaks, you listen (laughs) and he suggested, you know, Hey, maybe you guys should check out doing uh, software engineering. They have all these different boot camps. So I think the one that he was suggesting was uh, general assembly and, you know, Paul and I actually took the opportunity to go and research these opportunities, see what was up, found galvanize. And that's kind of how I ended up out here in Colorado for the first time. And so we both actually uh, investigated galvanize out here in Boulder, Colorado uh, it was like a six month boot camp doing a full stack. I think it was a mean, mean stack at the time. So Node, Angular, Mongo, and Express. And we all we both came out here, checked out the, the course, and decided it was the, the right move to make. So we both jumped out here and jumped into software engineering at the same time. So one, this is the question we ask everybody who we sit down with on the show. Everybody is a nerd about something. So... What would you say outside of work related stuff? What would you say you nerd out on? Um, a couple of things. So, I mean, out here in Colorado, I mean, it's it's hard not to do things that, that are outside. So, yeah. definitely been trying to be as active as possible and, and doing things that are outdoors or, or active. Primarily jujitsu or, or bouldering. Right now, started jujitsu back on the East Coast and have been keeping up with it out here in Colorado. So, how long have you been doing jujitsu? About a year and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah, just recently got my blue belt. Still know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that in college you played football at the University of Maryland? Yep. Uh, Well, I was on third string probably, so didn't technically play, but I was on the Maryland football team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What what position? Strong safety. Did you get any playing time when you were there? Uh, No, so that was... The, the issue is like when you're a walk on, you don't, again, no scholarship. So you're going through school. Uh, the year that I probably would have gotten some time out in the field, uh, I ended up having this issue where my class was at the same time as practice. And I had to make that negotiation. I was like, there's and you no pick, way. You pick class? I pick class. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't, I, I don't know. That's probably not. <laughs> it's probably really, the smart choice. It's probably the smart choice. I feel like most people would not do that. They would pick, they would pick football. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to stay at school for, for a longer period of time than I had to. It's just like, okay, it's football. I can stay in shape. I can do other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still very impressive to like walk on at any, any D one program yeah. like that. Yeah. So as far as the things that you nerd out on jujitsu is one of them. What, what were the other ones? Um, so for, I guess for the last 10 years I, I've been a DJ since college. Yeah. So after football, it was like, okay, I need something to do. So it was DJing and that's kind of something that I've kept up with the entire time. So, so this is a world I know very little about, but like after talking to you, after talking to a a couple other folks, um, this just shows how little I know when, when I hear people say that they DJ, I just assume that that means that like you maybe will play at somebody's wedding reception or something and you'll just spin like old Motown tracks or something like that. You're talking, Hey, you've got a, you've got a nice wedding playlist and you you, you press play and know when to go to the next song. Yeah. But what you're talking about is something very different from that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's somewhat of the same. I mean, most times like for, for wedding DJs, yeah, you're right. They have a playlist. You could probably just get away with having Spotify play the entire thing all the way through. Um, but there's, uh, an art to DJing, so to speak, especially when you're a club DJ, 
Cause and is that that's the kind of stuff that you're into? Yeah, yeah. Club DJing. Like I like to go out and make people dance and have a good time for the night. So how often are you DJing in a club in Denver? Probably once a week. Wow, once okay. a week. Once a week. And do you have a DJ name? Do you have a stage? <laughs> do you have name? a stage name? Yeah. What's? Yeah. Uh, and if not, can we give you one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to hear what you have first, and then we can go from there. No, no. What, what's yeah. what's what's your what's your yeah? What's the moniker? Uh, it's uh, yes, father. Yes, father. Yes, father. Where'd that come from? <laughs> so uh, back at, at the University of Maryland, a couple of buddies of mine, Paul included, we uh, basically had this artist collective that came together and would play shows around college. Uh, eventually, we started uh, inviting artists like uh, Willie Joy, Jules, um, Hotel Garuda out to come and play at the different venues around campus. For me, I ended up being the operations guy, kind of putting everything together. Uh, so, you know, I, I ended up calling members of the collective saying, hey, I need this from you. I need, you know, you to be here at this time, so on and so forth. And eventually it got to the point where they would either call me dad or they would answer the phone and say, yes, father, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> and so a couple of years later, it's just like, eh, you know, techno you know they have these really weird monikers it's like i could roll with yes father that sounds like something that would fit into <laughs> so your DJ, the genre your dj yes father just yes father no dj yes no father. dj just, just yes, yes father. father okay <laughs> and how many how many people usually come to the club when you're when you're dj and what, what's the average crowd look like so out here i'm still kind of like getting started uh it's usually around 50 to 70 back on the east coast in the heyday, you'd probably be closer to like 200 to 300. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that scene pretty big out here? Oh, yeah. No, it, uh, Denver has a very healthy nightlife and underground scene. I guess it's definitely not anywhere near like D.C. or New York where people are going out in the middle of the week until 4 a.m. <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Denver has a very different music culture where it's not just... Uh, electronic or, or dance music like you have all different types of genres that come out here and you know people are about their you know their jazz fusion or their funk bands that come out here and play at, at like gothic theater or red rocks or something like that so yeah what are some other interesting facts about eugene that most people may be surprised to find out hmm. <laughs> two years i was an instructor at a uh, parkour and free running facility um in the east coast okay. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you can you a do parkour instructor? Yeah, do you yeah. do like all the flips yeah. and all that? like jumping off buildings, rooftops and all that stuff? When I was younger. <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, there's a lot of conditioning that I need to do before I start doing that again. But uh yeah, for for a while there, you know, I was doing all the flips and, you know, able to run up a 15-foot wall like it was nothing and get onto the top of it. So uh, I'm just curious, is it is it actually required to yell parkour while you do parkour? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's, it's definitely frowned upon in the community. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess technically you could call what they were doing in the, in the office parkour, but uh, the idea is like it's 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 fluid motion. So I, I always kind of have this uh, separation between like parkour and free running versus parkour. Is, is there so there's a difference between the two of them? In my mind, there are. Like you could argue this for days for, with people who train. Was there ever a time? That you were doing parkour where you thought, if this goes wrong, I might not live. Um, <laughs> Did you ever take it that far? Like like Assassin's Creed type stuff? Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I definitely did not want to be that person. Uh, it, I trained parkour. I taught parkour. However, I am also extremely clumsy. <laughs> Which is, like, <laughs> Which is a mix. great combination. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so I, I never took it took it to to that level, but there were definitely times where I I definitely thought back and was like, oh, that could have gone much worse than what it did. And you know, I broke my wrist once falling off a wall. It wasn't even that high either. It's just I fell back wrong. And then there was another one when I was uh, I was actually out doing a demo for for the gym that I was teaching at. And just got way too into it and and missed uh, the the vault entirely. Like I turned to the side and my hand just clipped the edge of it. And just, I landed like right on my ribs and like, it was just bruised. It was awful. My ego was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Your ego hurt yeah. more than the ribs yeah. probably. Yeah. Just like walked away. I was like, I'm all right. I'd have to walk this off. Make sure I'm good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got the next thing. Uh, so. Bruised ribs or cracked ribs are the worst thing ever. Cause you just can't do anything about it. You're just sitting there. It's like, this is just going to suck for the next three weeks. Yep. It's awful. I find it super fascinating what people are doing, how like active people are outside of coding for eight hours. Does it give you energy to kind of be able to kind of relax and kind of get into the zone there? Or do you kind of get antsy at times and you're just like, man, I just want to go out boulder, parkour, jujitsu, like fight somebody. <laughs> like what's it? How does that? It's, I find it fascinating because they're two things that you wouldn't think they put them together. You ever feel like you have to leave your desk and like just hurdle a conference table or something, go yeah. back just so you can start fresh? Uh, every so often, it, I guess whenever we leave here for lunch, there are some times where I'll look around like, hmm, that'd be fun to jump off of. And there was a time where I'd probably do it. So Not, what's stopping you now? Yeah. I, I definitely need to condition more and try and get my legs back in shape for that. See, I feel like this is the difference between you and I, where I feel like I would just say, like, I probably can do that. Let me find out. You, on the other hand, are a smart person. It's like, <laughs> I probably can do that, but probably not right now. <laughs> I'm the one that ends up getting bruised and, and sore for the next week. And meanwhile, you prepare yourself properly and then go do it. Yep, that's kind of like one of the things they teach you is like don't baby steps, don't uh, don't run before you can crawl and all that stuff. So what else? What else we got here that people aren't going to know about you? I don't know. Uh, uh, I've never been out of the United States before, uh, and uh, just recently I went out to Bogota, Colombia. Oh wow! For ten days, entirely new experience. It's my first time kind of going to another country, but also another country where like the primary language isn't English. Right. Yeah. So. Culture shock for sure, uh, but it was a great trip, trip nonetheless. So, did you go with yeah. friends or by yourself? Or uh, I had one uh, my neighbor who went with me. Okay, yeah, and he was. So why Bogota? He was going there, and I was just like, "Hey, uh, can I go along? Can I?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Sure, yeah, come along. It'll be fun. More the merrier." Went out, stayed at a whole bunch of different hostels. We went from Bogota to Salento to Medellin. Fantastic experience. Uh, like Bogota, just had so many different things to offer, uh, so much culture, so much, uh, graffiti. It was, it was great. you know, went to a, a salsa, a salsa bar and basically everyone came over. It's like, Oh, new person come dance with me. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah. I'll try, I'll try and keep up. <laughs> but yeah, went from there, uh, to, to Salento and hiked the Kokora Valley where they had like the tallest, um, palm trees in the world. Went to the uh, coffee farms that they have out there and learned about the, the history of coffee in, in Colombia and how every other country or every country that they export to actually gets the best co coffee beans from the country. And then everybody who lives there gets the worst. <laughs> really? Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's really frustrating. Like, why do you like why do you give the worst coffee beans to the people who live there? But coffee is a huge deal in Skookum. Was this something you did just because you were there or are you like a coffee snob? <laughs> Definitely not a coffee snob. It's just like, okay, does coffee uh, do what it needs to do? Does it wake me up? 
but that's about it. Everybody else has their specific way that they brew it. And, you know, it has to go in this cup, this, uh, cup or it has to be done with this uh, chemical filter or whatever. Just wait until <laughs> Joel moves out here. Any given time you walk into the Charlotte break room while they're doing this, it looks like you're stepping into a scene from Breaking Bad. Oh, no. It's just like, this just seems like way more work than it needs to be. <laughs> we'll come back next year and you'll, you'll be like, yeah, I'm a copy, copy snob. <laughs> you can blame Joel for that. What's been your favorite part about being in Denver? The Denver office, by the way, for those who don't know, like the Denver office and the Charlotte office really are, we're looking to grow the presence of both of these offices in the next couple of years. And so a lot of folks really like the Denver uh, office because of all of the activity that's around. It's a, it's a fun city. Like for you, what's been the best part about being in Denver? Uh, I guess it's a multitude of things. I guess first and foremost, it's the people that are out here. Even back when uh, Paul and I went through Galvanize, you, we had really friendly people and welcoming people. I, I love all the different opportunities for outdoor activities. I mean, winter, obviously you have skiing, mountain biking in the summer, hiking, camping, what have you. There's just always something to do. Yeah. And, and I would say too, it seems like this office has, uh, some camaraderie around it where people kind of go do things, whether it's camping or whatever, uh, mountain biking together, which yep. is, which is, I think is really cool. Yeah. It's really, and that's, that's something that's special here at, at, at Skookum is that you know, everybody enjoys being around each other enough to actually go and hang out and do stuff outside of work, whatever that may be, you know, it might be going to what's it called uh, different meetups that are around town for coding or for instance, or even like coming to support people for, uh, the meetups that, that are hosted here. Like I know that Paul has hosted a couple different um, meetups or, or uh, presentations and everybody's come in early or whatever to come in and support him and make sure that he has that backing here. Um, and then I guess, again, we're hosting another family dinner next Friday. And, you know, instead of going out for uh, a group happy hour, everybody's going to be coming to family dinner. So I really appreciate about that, about the team here. Do you need more Skookum in your life? Follow us on social, or if you're in the Charlotte or Denver areas, come visit us in person at one of our local tech talks hosted in the Skookum offices. Until next time, stay nerdy.